Okay. I think as Jewish people, there are certain psukim and certain quotes that we have heard quoted throughout our lives as sort of iconic phrases. I don't know, certain psukim and Sefer Vayikra really don't get a lot of publicity. But certain psukim, and I would like to suggest that majority of them can be found in the first parak of this week's Parsha, are quoted over and over and over again. If you have to do a best hits of Torah, leave aside the Aserat Hadibro, they are found in Parakyotet of Parsha Kedoshim. There's Lifnei Iver Lotite Merchol, don't put a stumbling block in front of the blind. There is Kedoshim Tihiyu, you should be holy. There is Lotikom Velotitor, you shouldn't take revenge. There are some really iconic phrases. However, as I would suggest, and Rabbi Akiva suggests as well, there is one of the most famous all-encompassing psukim in all of Torah, and it can be found in this week's parsha. In parsha Vayikra, Parakutet, Pasuk Yirchet. We have Lotikom Velotitor, B'nei Amecha, you should not take revenge on, your, on the people of your nation, via hafta l'reyecha kamocha. And you should love your brother, at, your neighbor as yourself. Ani Hashem, I am Hashem. Rashi comments here, via hafta l'reyecha kamocha, amar Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva says, this is the largest call. This is the most all-encompassing pasuk in the entire Torah. Everything can be boiled down. And while known is the story of Hillel and Shammai, that someone came to Hillel and Shammai and said, teach me Torah all on one foot. Shammai said, this is impossible. And Hillel said, all you need to know about Torah is so what I want to investigate a little bit today is what does that really mean? Simply translated as love your neighbor as yourself. So the Ramban is going to start us off with our question that is going to be addressed by many of the Mepharshim. And the Ramban says, the Ramban lays out for us a problem. It sounds really catchy and really nice to say, love your neighbor as yourself. But how is that possible? How can we possibly love somebody else like we love ourselves? How is it possible to care for someone else like we care for ourselves? Inherent in human nature is to care about yourself more than anyone else. Also, this klal, which Rabbi Akiva himself said is klal gadol Torah. this is the greatest klal, this is the greatest rule in the Torah. Rabbi Akiva himself said something contradictory to this. What is this referring to? This is referring to a Gemara and Bava Mitziah. That there is a question that is addressed to Bar, Bar Patra and Rabbi Akiva. And the question is, if there are two people stranded on a deserted island and there is one jug of water, who should get that jug of water? Should you, you found it. Should you drink it for yourself or should you give it to the other person? Um, or should you, I believe the, the other option that's given is that you can split it, that neither of you will get enough water, but you will both have something. And Rabbi Akiva answers there, and he says, you should take it for yourself. Why? Your life takes precedence over the life of your neighbor. So how could the same Rabbi Akiva, who is saying, what happened to be a half to the kamocha, that you should love your neighbor as yourself? 
if you're loving your neighbor as yourself, shouldn't then, even though you would want to take care of yourself, shouldn't you give it to the other person? So this is the question that we're going to grapple with a little bit, which is that this seems really nice. If we're just saying things that sound great, of course, we should love our neighbor as ourselves. But if we're really trying to properly internalize what this means and understand how we are meant to act according to this Pasa, we are going to have to understand how that is humanly possible and what that really means for us, that we have to treat our neighbor as we would treat ourselves. So the Rahman is going to give us his first answer. And his first answer is, the Ramban says we have to pay careful attention to the language that is used. It doesn't say, you should love your neighbor as you love yourself. Rather, it says, you should act towards your friend, to your friend, as you would like to be treated. So therefore, the Ramban says it's not meant that you are actually supposed to love him like you love yourself. Rather, you are meant to give to him, to try to treat him as you would want someone else to treat you. So this is not something about inherent feelings, that inherently it is impossible to love someone as much as you love yourself, especially not your child, not your spouse, a random neighbor. So it's saying it's not about the feelings, it's about the actions. It's about giving to the other as you would want to be given to. It's about caring for the other through your actions, through the tov that you do, through the good that you do, in the same way that you would like to be treated. So it says, so it says if you are going to focus simply on how you are want the other person to be viewed, how you really want the other person to be, you're always going to want yourself to be better. You're always going to want to be beyond him. But if you're thinking about things that essentially are all things equal, he can be treated well while you're also being treated well. We're not talking about who is going to be the smartest, who is going to be the most loved, who is going to get the most covered. We're talking about things, things that you can give to other people, even if that is through your thoughts. But it's about giving to the other person and not things that are inherent to the other person. So that is the first approach of the Ramban. The next one. And he continues on and says that he recognizes that human nature is that the ahafta is not literally possible. We cannot literally love someone else as we love ourselves. Rather, love for your friend as you do for yourself. Give to him as you want others to give to you. Feel towards him as you want other people to feel towards you. While this sounds much more comprehensible and much more possible on a basic level, that, okay, if I want someone to... I don't know. If I was explaining this to my child, I would say, if you want someone to share with you, you should share with them. If you want someone else to treat you nicely, you should treat them nicely. If you don't want someone else to hit you, you shouldn't hit them. On a very basic level, that makes sense. 
But when it comes to be a little more complicated, which the Ramban does bring later on in his answer, is that he says this applies even with something that you don't have currently. So you should be happy for somebody else, even when you don't have what they currently have. That if someone else is wealthy, you should be happy for them, even if you are not currently wealthy. That you are, you cannot say that you are, you must, you must be able to conjure up those feelings and say, I am going to give them a mazel tov because I would want someone else to give me a mazel tov in that situation. That someone else makes a simcha and you really would love to be making a simcha. It's about giving those actions or acting towards them how you would want to be treated, even if you don't have it in that moment. So it goes beyond this basic of keeping everything even. It's sometimes when you don't even currently have it, you should still give whatever it is to somebody else. So it's still difficult. The Ramban is not making it simple and clean cut, but he is definitely making it easier to comprehend. The Chizkuni asks this question as well and gives a similar answer. He says, The Chizkuni says as well, it is impossible to actually love your brother as much as you love yourself. Rather, um, you should give to him, you should do good for him, just as you would want to be treated to you. And that is why it says it by the ger as well. That it tells us by the ger, especially we should make sure, and we, we discussed this last year when we talked about avat hager, is that especially when it comes to the ger, and there it says, you should love him as yourself, that you should give to him, you should do good for him just as you would want to be done for you. However, there is a second approach. Um, that is brought um, further on in the Chizkuni. And he adds in a very interesting point that until right now we have been talking about in the positive sense, that if you do something for someone else, you should do what you would want to be done to you. The Chizkuni continues on and adds in another element. He says, Oh, we talked about this sorry, that we talked about the person who comes before Hillel and Shammai and says, teach me all Torah Kula, Kula Torah Kula, and Hillel says, However, the Chizkuni adds in as well that there is a negative element to not in terms of something that is negative, but rather a negative commandment that is involved. We originally thought of this in the positive, give him what you would want to be given, treat him in the way that you would want to be treated, act towards him in the way that you would want to be, him to act towards you. But the Chizkuni says as well that it comes up to the negative, that if you are considering doing something to somebody else and you say, I would not want to be treated that way, do not treat him that way. That this comes up in numerous places in Halacha, that there seem to be these small gaps in where we have clear instruction. So for example, there is a, an example brought up in Gemara Masecha Kedushin that it is talking about shlichas, that you are able to be mekadish, a woman, you can, you can betroth a woman via shaliach, through a, um, a messenger. Now this would not be very popular today if you plan your entire beautiful wedding day and a shaliach shows up instead of the groom, I don't think that would be very well received. But in the times of the Gemara, there was this concept of shlichas, that you can, can be makadish a woman via a shaliyah. However, the Gemara adds in and says that a man and a woman can, a man cannot be makadish a woman who he has never seen. 
And the question comes up and asks, why is that so? We know that shlichus works, that you can do everything via shaliach. So why, did, why is it important that he has seen her? And the Gemara answers and says, because this is basic human decency, that we apply this concept of if you wouldn't want someone to act towards that, that way towards you, you should not act that way towards somebody else. That if you would not want to put someone in a situation in which now they have been mekadish this woman, and now they finally meet her and they don't actually like her, that would be such an unpleasant situation. So the Gemara tells us through this because of this rule that we have, this rule that sort of pushes us to go one step further to say there may not be a basic letter of the law here, we apply that there is a mitzvah that you may not treat someone else in a way that you would not want to be treated. So the Chizkuni adds this in as well, that there is this component of the that sort of fills in those gaps. That we have, especially here in Parsha Kedosha, we have so many rules. You should not, you should um, rule in, um, you should rule with honesty. You should not distort judgment. You should not stand by while your brother, while your brother is harmed. All of these rules as to how we should treat other people. But what the Chizkuni is adding in here is that there is this also this overarching element, and this may be also what Rabbi Akiva was saying when he says that that this is not just something that applies in one specific situation, that if we went according to our first interpretation, it would seem like, okay, whenever we do good for ourselves, whatever good we want for ourselves, we should do for other people. But what the Chizkuni is adding in here is that this element of the fills in those gaps as well and is a negative commandment that do not treat other people how you would not want to be treated. So it fills in those little places where we don't have an explicit commandment. Rashi adds something interesting here as well, that Rashi says, he thinks that this comment of is talking about Hashem as well as our ultimate friend. That's why it connects it to Ani Hashem, Ani Hashem. That in the same way that it is hurtful to us when someone disobeys us or doesn't listen to what we are talking about, it is hurtful to Hashem when we disobey him. Now, obviously, this is anthropomorphic. There is no feeling that we have hurt Hashem. But that this gives us another context within which to think of Hashem, especially when we are looking at it through this sort of negative commandment, that we should not treat someone else in the way that we would not want to be treated. So when we say, we can apply this simply to our neighbor, but we can apply it to Hashem as well. Then on a higher level, in the same way that we wouldn't want to disobey or go against what someone else said to us, we also would not want to go against Hashem. That this would create a negative relationship between us and Hashem. The Sefer HaChinuch tries to explain this mitzvah of Yahaf L'Recha Kamocha. For anyone who is unfamiliar, the Sefer HaChinuch, as we have discussed before, is a book that was written by anonymously by a father to his child in honor of his bar mitzvah. And therefore, the Sefer HaChinuch attempts to give us certain ta'ameha mitzvot, certain reasons for the mitzvot, written in a very fascinating way that is meant to, it was written to a bar mitzvah boy. So it's meant to under, explain to us um, of course, this is just his hypotheses of why we have these mitzvot, but it gives us very interesting reasonings for the mitzvot. So the Sefer Achinach, um, the Sefer Achinach here gives us some interesting insight into this mitzvah of Yehav Mitzvah Ahava Yisrael. 
This is the mitzvah that we have to love each person from Am Yisrael, a true love, an Ahavat Nefesh. That you should, as it explains, that you should um, want to give, you should feel for others, you should care about others, about their money, about their themselves, just as you care for yourself. And it says in the Gemara Masecha Shabbos, What you wouldn't want done to your brother, you should not do for yourself. It says in the Sifra, This is going through and quoting all the sources that we have seen about He explains Rabbi Akiva's statement of He says that many, many mitzvot of the Torah are reliant upon this mitzvah. He says someone who loves his brother truly will not steal from him. Will not commit adultery with his wife. Will not, um, will not torture him with through his money or with his words. And won't overstep into his boundaries. And he will not cause any harm to him. So he says all of the mitzvot of the Torah are reliant upon that's similar, but also different to what we said before. What we said before was that this mitzvah sort of fills in those gaps of where there is not an explicit mitzvah of how to behave. We have this mitzvah. But what the Sefer Achinaf is saying is it's a little bit different, is that all the mitzvot of the Torah are reliant upon that this is sort of a super heading for all of the mitzvot in the Torah, that they all fall under this. And this is known to every person who is a ben to anyone who has knowledge, they understand that this is the case, that this mitzvah is really encompassing of all the other mitzvahs. So the, the root of this mitzvah is known. And the Sibarachino says as well, not only is this theoretical, that if we should treat others the way that we would want to be treated, he says, rather, this plays out in practicality, that practically, the way that we act towards other people is the way that they are going to respond to us. As I said, when I was going to explain it to my child, I would say, if you share, you share with them because they, you want them to share with you. But also it plays out, plays out practically. If he shares with another child, then that other child will be much more likely to share with him. So he says, this is, why is this such an important concept? Because this is what brings shalom bin habriot. That when we treat others as we would like to be treated, often those feelings and those actions are reciprocated. And therefore we arrive at shalom in the world. And there are rules of this mitzvah, just like any other mitzvah. And they are included within the mitzvah. So it sh- this should carry over to caring about other people, about caring about their money, about trying to protect other people, not to harm anyone else.
So it says this includes that we have to show respect to other people. We should never try to harm somebody else. We should never speak badly. We should never listen to anyone else speak badly. And we should be very cognizant of the respect shown to that other person. And lastly, the Sefer Achinuch ends off, This mitzvah applies in every place and at all times. And the Sefer Achinuch says that when you violate another mitzvah, you are also violating via Haftal Kamocha. That because this is such an overarching mitzvah, that let's say you cause harm to someone else's property, you are required, you are um, liable for whatever harm you caused, but also you have violated via Haftal Kamocha because if you cared appropriately, if you were careful in the appropriate manner, then this damage would not have occurred. So he says it goes along with every other mitzvah. And if you violate another commandment in how you acted to somebody else, being Adam Lachaviro, then you have also violated via Hafsalarei Chakamucha. The, Ram, the Rambam, oh, sorry, not, yes, the Rambam, I accidentally wrote Rambam there, but it is the Rambam who adds in an additional layer about how we are meant to approach this mitzvah. And the Rambam says, A person has to love another person as if it is themselves. So how does the Rambam understand this? How are we practically meant to engage in this mitzvah? If we already started off with the understanding that it is not physically possible to care for somebody else exactly as you care for yourself. What the Rambam is saying is this mitzvah is meant to hone our attitude towards others. That just as we are always thinking and looking out for ourselves, it is different from what the Ramban said and what the Chizkuni said, that because we practically can't treat somebody else as we would treat ourselves, we should think about our actions towards them, how we behave towards them. The Rambam is reframing it and he is saying, this is a commandment for us to try to look at each other positively and to try to constantly be thinking how we can give to other people. Because he says, if we would constantly want to be receiving and we always want good for ourselves, we should be trying to build up our positive image of others so that we can also act towards them in that way. That he says, specifically, he says, that you should also always be looking at other people in a way that you can talk about their shevach, that you can sing their praises, that you should be looking at other people through the lens of how do I improve my positive image of them, that I want to think about them positively so that I can constantly want to be giving to them. And the only way to do that is to really always be focusing on how great is this other person and how can I embrace that feeling of them, build up that feeling of them so that I can constantly care about them and look towards them and look towards them positively. So he goes through the Rambam and says there are all of these mitzvot 
about how, what we can do for other people. And these mitzvot have no, no end. We say every morning in davening, these are the things that do not have a limitation. And these are all the things that we give to another person. So the Rambam says, when we are constantly looking, to talk about the positive aspects of another person, and we are thinking about them through the lens of how we can give to them, there is no limit to what we can do for the other person. There is no limit in lahem shi'or. When it comes to these mitzvot that kind of all fall under gemilas chasadim, giving to others, there is no limit to what we can do. And therefore we have to hone our attitude towards these people so that we can be constantly engaging in giving to other people. And one final way that I want to sort of look at the ahat l'reicha I think comes at it from a very different approach. This is the approach of Roshimun Shkaf. And interestingly, Rav Shimon Shkap was listed, living at the same time that the ideas of Freud were becoming very popular. And the ideas of Freud focus on oneself. They focus on the fact that all actions, everything that is driven through a person is driven because of their ego and their id, and it's all what's happening inside them. It's all about bringing themselves pleasure. And Rav Shimon Shkap, again, everyone's context plays into how they view the world. Rav Shimon Shkap talks about how do we understand and he says, as human beings, we are always focusing on ourselves. Now that's human nature. It comes from the very beginning of time that in order to survive, you need to always focus on yourself, what your needs are, what you need to be successful, how you will be able to function in this world. You must focus on yourself because you must be your first priority. You are not going to be anyone else's first priority. You must focus purely on yourself. So Shimon Shkop says, how do we view that in context of this commandment? That you must love someone else as you love yourself. And Rav Shkop says famously, he said, this mitzvah is about expanding your eye. What does that mean? He says, we as human beings, as we just explained, are completely focused on ourselves, what we need. He said, this commandment of is meant to give us this initial, I don't know, sort of spark, plant this idea in our head of there is so much more than us. But as we said, we are never going to care about other people as we care about ourselves. So what he says is it's about reframing. It's about looking at others, not as I and them, because then you will always care about you more than you care about them. Rather, he says it's about expanding your eye. They're recognizing that you are so much more than just an individual. That let's say you begin life as an individual, but you're not alone. You could never have come into this world, world alone. It is you and your parents. So now if you think about it in that context, that you would not be you without your parents, you have now expanded your eye. That within this bubble that you are paying the most close attention to, that you care about most, um, most importantly, it includes you and your parents. And then you grow up and you get married. And now you are not just you, you are you and your spouse. Your spouse has now become a part of you. You have now expanded your I. So your I now includes me as myself, my parents and my spouse. Then you have children. And these children are then included in your eye. Rav Shkop says this mitzvah via is the mitzvah to expand your eye. 
to include who you think of as your primary being, that you expand and expand this circle. And only then when you include more people and you say, these people are inherently part of me being me, I am going to care about my family. And then you expand it and say, I am going to include my community. I am going to include my friends. He says, ultimately, you can expand it to include all of Kali Israel and even all of humanity. That you recognize and say, we are truly all one. He says, with, with each of these levels, your family, your children, your friends, your community, Kali Israel, he says, they can all be included in your eye. And when you shift your focus away from me and them, and you focus it to how many people can I include in this bubble of myself, how many people directly relate to me, and you broaden that and broaden that, that is when you can truly care about other people. That he says the key to being an Ohev Yisrael, the key to being able to love other people, to love others as you love yourself, is to not think of them as the other. It's to think of them as part of you. That it says, the focus is on you, as you would want to be treated. This is meant to guide us and say, bring them into you. Make them a part of you, and then you will truly be able to care about them. So I believe the midah that we can take away from this commandment of is this midah of thinking of others as ourselves. It's acknowledging that we are a human being who focuses on ourselves. That's human nature. But recognizing that through thought and through effort and focusing on the positive in other people and focusing on thinking about what we can do for other people. And ultimately, as Rav Shkup says, making those other people part of ourselves, we can truly carry out via Haftalarecha loving other people as we love ourselves. Thank you, everyone, for joining today.